step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This is Doug Fisher, editor of RingTV.com, and I'm on the Real Sports Guys podcast. This is the RSG One Mike with Devon and Hank, and we've been covering a lot of stuff. We've been covering a lot of with college football, talking about Keith Jackson, obviously uh, here on uh, MLK Day, um, remembering one of our, our greatest civil rights leaders at a time when we we need to have some people with that with that perspective to help us make sense and, and push forward the world. And so um, we're about to move into the cipher. And talk about do your job. Talk about the NFL. All the callers are brought to you in the host uh, by Carbonwell Health, your complete solution for fitness, health, and beauty. Go to carbonworldhealth.com to connect with Dr. Nestor Rodriguez and his staff to learn more about lifestyle medicine. Tell them that the Real Sports Guys sent you. If you want to connect with us, uh, look for Real Sports Guys on all platforms. Uh, and you can find us on iTunes. Just search Real Sports Guys. Hey, we love when we get the feedback. Thank you all for being a part of this. As my boy Marcus, the game changer, would say, but we just uh, we'll be hitting you in a, uh, here in a few days. Stay tuned. We'll be coming back with uh, the big show um, where uh, our guys is like it's like the seminar barbershop. So we we coming back in hitting the 2018 uh, debut coming, and we'll have another inside the park coming out here soon. So. A lot coming up on the platform, but right now we have real sports guys. One mic. This is the cipher. We'll be getting down and dirty. Where we we talk a little bit of NFL because it's been crazy out there in the NFL streets. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. My goodness, there's so much to hit with you on this man. But we're gonna we're gonna do our best uh, to to do this right over the time that we have. Um, Let's just start with the obvious and just keep it keep it here for just a second. Everything people have been saying, I've been hearing a whole bunch of uh, media folks talking about Brady is going to hit the wall. He's going to have a, a landing like uh, uh, we saw with Peyton Manning, and he just goes out here and just, you know, comes out of the first playoff game and just looks stellar. Um the Patriots are the Patriots, man. That's about that's what I put the, the, the number one thing is the Patriots are the Patriots here in the cipher. What did you learn and what did you learn about the Patriots uh, uh, this weekend? You know what? Let me tell you something. Until they're done, dead, buried, and the tombstone is put on top of this patient, this Patriot dynasty, we need to take a step back. Take pause and just enjoy what we're seeing here, Dee. This is what kind of drives me crazy. You know, uh, in, 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 in the future, this team is going to be defined as one of the greatest the NFL has ever seen. 
all of these detractors, all of these haters, all of these uh, Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell is going to go down as a buffoon that tried to derail the uh, Patriot machine um, in the front office. And it's going to look bad on him, okay? They want to call them cheaters. They want to call them all these different things. But we're looking at something that's never been done in the Super Bowl era of the NFL. You're looking at a team, and you're looking at a coach, and you're looking at one quarterback that could potentially go to together their eighth Super Bowl, their eighth Super Bowl. Think about that for a minute, okay? Tom Brady came into the league in 98, right? 98-99 season, okay? Close to a 20-year career with him. 98, yeah, close to a 20-year career with him. He's gone to eight Super Bowls if he wins if he wins on Sunday. Eight Super Bowls. Think about that. Half of his career has been in playing in the Super Bowl. That's unheard of, okay? What you're looking at with the New England Patriots goes back to the Boston Celtics of the 60s, that team that dominated, that played in every finals. We, we can only hear about it, D., all right, because we weren't, we weren't around or we were too young to know anything about it. But now here we are witnessing this greatness, all right, and whatever you want to say about them, whatever they try to do to derail this train, you know you have to deal with this team when it comes to the playoffs. They've said all kinds of things about Tom Brady this year. They only go out and have the best record in football, all right? That's all they did after winning the Super Bowl last year, Okay. They go in all of a sudden. Uh, now, here's the Tennessee team, these upstarts. They just beat their doors off, all right? They do what they do. They have a crumpet and a cup of coffee, and they stay in New England the entire playoff season, and they wait for you to come to their house, and then they beat your doors off, and then they're off to another Super Bowl. This is something that we should really sit back as sports fans and really pay close attention to. Say what you want to about Tom Brady. Say what you want to about Bill Belichick and the system and all this sort of stuff. Personally, I think that, I think this is probably the last run. We've already got word here in, in, in Michigan that, that Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator, is going to be named the next coach of the Detroit Lions. We hear that McMillan, their, um, or McDaniel, should I say, their, their offensive coordinator, is going to probably get a, get a head coaching job. And then you got Bill Belichick, and what's he going to do now that his two lieutenants are going to be gone? Okay, and Tom Brady, do you really want to play another season if you went back-to-back knowing all of this? We need to really pay close attention to this. This is something that we won't ever see. I don't care that they play in New England, Boston, anywhere else. You know, we thought it was fantastic when the first dynasty that we were able to see were the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steel Curtain. And then we were able to see those great teams in San Francisco. And then those great teams in Dallas. Okay, and now... We have a team that you get sick of them because they've become the New York Yankees of of uh, the NFL. But it's time to really pay close attention. We're looking at something that we're going to be able to tell our grandchildren, I watched this team. I watched this team year in and year out and figure out ways to get there. It's something to see. It's something to really take 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 notice of. And in the city of brotherly love, the eagles soar, and the falcons crash and burn. Everybody was, you know, the falcons came off that incredible first-round victory over 
the L.A. Rams. You thought that momentum was going. I thought it was going. They going to Philadelphia, and they putting the dog hood on now. You know, they the city of Bubby Love, and, I, and I've been in Philly for a playoff game. Look, I've watched. No one travels like the Packers. And when the Packers travel to a place, all you see is Green Bay gear. Except for that playoff game I went to see in Philly. <laughs> Very few people wore their Packers gear. There's something about being the opposing team in Philly. Philly fans don't own play. And that team reflects. Doug Peterson's got some players, and they reflect that city. They ain't messing around. They're getting after you. They're making you pay. And uh, they uh, they took care of business at home. You know, everybody thought that, you know, Wentz went down. People felt like they couldn't hold the momentum, and they are going to advance uh, uh, to that uh, NFC championship. What did you learn from watching Philly and watching Atlanta? Where did they go next? And with what I saw from the Philadelphia Eagles is a team that ain't afraid to bloody your nose. They're not afraid to get dirty and nasty. And that's something I don't think any of us saw. I, I, one thing I like about the Eagles is they know who they are. You know, you get some of these teams, D, they get out here and they really don't have an, the identity. They start trying to do certain things or create certain things when they get to the playoffs. The Eagles know who they are. We thought, we all thought, we saw how uh, Atlanta was able to take care of uh, L.A. Um, they was going against another team that hadn't been to the playoffs in a, in a, in a while, playing on their, on, their, on their field, and everybody assumed Atlanta was going to take this, especially with Nick Foles being the quarterback for Philadelphia, and this was going to be over. They did just enough. They did just enough, and, and Atlanta couldn't do enough. Now, granted, it came down to one play. But a lot of these games in the playoffs come down to one play, as we saw yesterday. But the difference is Philly made that play. And so here we go. This is this this team right now, uh, they're playing on that, that chip on their shoulder of being disrespected because Carson Wentz is not the whole team. He's part of this team. And he doesn't play defense. And they clearly do. So, you know, they're they they're they're a gritty, grinding group, and if Foles can give them anything, they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think you're right on. I mean, if they, that defense is getting after it, and, you know, it's going to be a great game between them uh, and, and Minnesota. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Minnesota game, but yeah, I think Philly is, they reflect their coach. Uh, they, they believe in the process and how they get after it, um, and they got some veterans. They got some guys who Jenkins and some of these guys who uh, know how to get after it. And, and, and when you got that home field advantage of Philadelphia, you always got a chance. I mean, I think people don't understand. There are, there are, there are a couple places where home field really matters, and uh, Philadelphia is one of them. So, and then I was on the road coming back from Chicago. Had a chance to watch Bulls in the uh, in the Pistons. Uh, Zach Levine. Uh, come back. Uh, if you get a chance to go to realsportsguys.com, uh, I think, uh, Real Sports Guys on Facebook, you get a chance. I, I put some video up uh, just about reporter Zach Levine coming back. He looked good. Young Bulls played tough. So I'm coming back Saturday, Sunday, listening to the first part of the Steelers game, 
And I love that Steelers broadcast group. If you get a chance to listen to Steelers games, we won't be able to do that until next year. Um, they're they're very honest, brutally honest group. <laughs> they're, they're not homers. <laughs> it's not like we're listening to the Celtics broadcast where you got Cornbread Maxwell acting the fool. The Steelers going to tell you, the Steelers broadcast team going to tell you like it is. And in that first drive, as I was listening, I was like deja vu all over again. I mean, they just, they Steelers to Steelers. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars are built like the Steelers used to be built. Uh, and they just come in and hit you in the mouth. They bully the bully. And um, y'all, people better recognize, I mean, I predicted, uh, I was a year too late. I predicted, last year I thought Jacksonville was going to come on board with all those uh, uh, defensive guys they invested in and everything else. And then Bortles just had a, wasn't able to do what he did the year before. And he took all the flack last year. But this year's team is is, 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 is is something else. And you got people like Mike Mitchell and all these guys. Posture, I haven't been liking this all year. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan. And they're not doing their job. That, you know, you, you're letting six yards on, uh, on, uh, per play on, uh, on offense on first down. You can't get Bortles off the field on third down. Y'all need to do your job. Shut up. Stop. Get out the papers. Don't ever say anything again. And two, you can prove you've got a top five defense. No second level resistance. Other than defensive line, the, the you know inside linebackers did nothing. Nothing. Safety's no support. They were running at will on you. And when you needed to stop, you couldn't get it. Yeah, Ben turned it over. He had a fumble. But he scored thirty. He scored thirty something points, forty points. I gave up thirty eight at the crib against Blake Bortles. And I tweeted, "I'm a Mike Thomas fan. It's not good enough. Something's wrong." Now I'm predicting that Mike Belarkey, who just got fired, former OC uh, of uh, the Steelers, might be that replacement at OC. Don't be surprised. They call him this. They used to call, uh, uh, used to call him Inspector Gadget. He's a cat who comes up with stuff. That's what the office was owned by under Malarkey. Um, and, uh, you might see a coaching change. I don't even blame him offensively. I don't, I don't blame. I think they're doing opposite, but I, I see something's not clicking right now for them in terms of continuity and folks getting along. The, defensively, Butler as defensive uh, 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 coordinator. They got to do something else defensively. That that unit, they got a lot of young talent linebackers. Those linebackers have got to play. But you got to do what what Bill Belichick always say. Y'all got to focus on doing your job rather than being in the media. Everything you say does not matter, Steve. You're not producing. And, and Mike Tomlin, you got to give him shape, or you might not be there that long. Because cats are trying to build a case against you not being disciplined, not being an X and O coach. And the way y'all managed to end of that game, y'all had, what, two, three timeouts? Kick it deep. Play your defense. You know you've got an offense that's pretty much conservative. Hey, punt, you get into that midfield. Y'all, y'all do an onside kick. And the other thing about onside kicks, professional kickers, guys, you get paid to kick. Everybody talks about technique for onside kick. There's no way in the world you, you, y'all should be flubbing kicks like that. You better off letting the offensive lineman kick the kick the ball on onside kick. I'm tired of these professional kickers 
flubbing onside kicks. You've got to get one, two, and a big bounce. Get it up. You've got to go 10 yards. Like, when everybody else is working out, you've got to make sure you're doing that kick. I'm tired of watching kickers who can't do onside kicks. Don't make any sense. As much as y'all specialize and you can't do an onside kick, what are you doing when you're not, you, you, you're not running scout team all the time? What are you doing? That's, that, that is unacceptable. So there are things about this. But on the other side, them young Jaguars, Jalen Ramsey, them cats, Campbell, y'all for real, dog. That's my guy. Uh, Lamar is going to be listening to this podcast. Lamar's the only cat I know. He's from the upper Midwest. Who was, who was a Jaguar fan and a Duke fan. I'm like, what you doing living up here in, in, in upper Midwest, Illinois? You're a Jaguar fan. But I know he's happy today because they have been terrible for a long time, and Tom Coughlin has been able to right the ship. New York Giants fans, y'all was in a hurry to get Coughlin out. And I'll tell you right now, the team that Brady does not want to see is Jacksonville. Because they know Coughlin understands the sauce. Not only do they got a head coach in the field, they got a head coach in the front office who's won against New England and won in big moments. Knows how to beat them. And so it's going to be uh, interesting, but uh, the theme of this show was built on your Steelers. Y'all need to start doing your job. Castro said it best. Y'all need to stop talking. That's all I need to say. I'll go. I'll go. You know what? You you know what? You said a mouthful. You said a mouthful. And, and the thing is about the game. I had to get off my chest, man. I had to get off my hey, chest. Hey, mad at you. Hey, mad at you. Hey, mad at you. I hear. I know you're a big Pittsburgh fan. You know, but for me, watching this game, you know, and not having a dog in the fight, just watching the game because I love playoff football. I was impressed. I was shocked. I don't think the average football fan realized how good this Jacksonville Jaguar team is. You know, we get every year, you get a couple of those cute teams, D, you know, those teams that kind of come out of nowhere that kind of, you know, right. go ahead and become table dressing for the playoffs. This that's year you right. had Tennessee, you had Buffalo. You know, those teams, are like that. that's cute. They made the playoffs. You know, they, they, they're they offering up a little something, you know. And then you got Jacksonville. Oh, that's cute. They haven't done anything in a while. This is a talented football team. This team has drafted very well. When I saw the play, the play that really let me know how good this team is, go- is, is and is going to be is they had like a third and seven. Pittsburgh had just scored. And Bortles drops back. He's looking. The offensive line was, was protecting very well. He's looking for a downfield receiver. Couldn't find one. Throws a wheel route to T.J. Yeldon. T.J. Yeldon, okay, from Alabama, all right, in the backfield with Leonard Fournette from LSU. And he takes the ball down the field for about 35, 40 yards. They go on and they score, and they go back up by two scores. Then you watch that defense play. Now, you can't really say a whole lot about defense when you talk about this particular ball game, all right? 87 combined points were scored in a playoff game, all right? So you, you, you take that for what you will. Ben Roethlisberger went nuts on their secondary, all right? Now, we want to talk about do your job. Keep in mind that and you want to talk about malarkey. 
truth be told, that's great. But Pittsburgh scored 42 points at home. Okay? They scored 42 points at home. All right? This is with Ben Roethlisberger. And Le'Veon Bell played in this game. Okay? So clearly, offense was not the problem. So when they asked Mike Tomlin, why did you, why did you do the onside kick? Because they hadn't stopped nobody all game long. I agree with you. Because you scored 42 points, but you gave up 45. How do you give up 45 points? Okay? Did we see this offensive onslaught coming from Jacksonville in this game? I don't think so. I think that the fact that they overlooked this team, all right, which I promise you New England is not going to do, and everything that you said about Tom Coughlin, I promise you Bill Belichick has it loud and clear. Trust me. Okay? Um, And you're right. They've beaten them there. But that's a different team in Foxborough in January with the, with the Super Bowl on the line. But that being said, let's go back to this game. You, there's a lot that Mike Tomlin uh, is taking a lot of criticism for. But he knew, if you watched that game, this was a shootout. And they didn't come out good. They were down 21 to nothing. Their defense wasn't stopping nothing, okay? Their defense wasn't stopping anything. And so now he's got to play shootout football in the playoffs. And the defense has let him down. I was with you, too. I, I thought, well, he's going, to kick the, uh, he's going to kick the ball off all the way down. You got three timeouts, but you ain't stopped nobody. You're watching Leonard Fournette getting three and a half yards to carry. All right? And you're able to get T.J. Yeldon and your fullback and all the other folks into the middle of the field. So there was no guarantees there, and he knew it. But there's a greater problem there. What is wrong with Pittsburgh's defense? All right. What is wrong with their defense? They, 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 they. Somebody said Heinz Field is named because uh, the Steelers are always playing catch up. Okay. So that's a problem because that means your defense isn't stopping something. So rather keep on focusing on what's going on. You got one of the greatest wide receivers in the league. You've got you a steady quarterback and you've got you a solid running back. But you can't stop a coach. You can't stop nobody. So that's a problem. So you, you think you was going to go up to Foxborough next week and you and you was going to sneak out a game in which you gave up forty five points? You were supposed you right where you supposed to be at home watching the playoffs. Well, you hit it right on the head, and, and I think a part of it is, you know, and and I and I talked about this before. One of the things that I appreciate about Tomlin in that front office is about two or three years ago, if you look at their draft picks, I knew he had made a change when they got really defensive heavy on the draft, it's particularly linebacker heavy. Um, and so he's beginning to bring this defense along the way he needed to do. Having Shazier get hurt was big time for that defense because of the work he did in the middle. But – and they picked up Hayden. So they did some things, but what's missing is the leadership. Mm-hmm. And what, the way yeah, the Steelers defense is still curtained with yeah, Harrison being gone out the locker room, but he probably knew something, but not being able to place that leadership. You know, uh, you know, people like Ryan Clark when he was there, I mean, they had leaders in the locker room. And for some reason, I've always said this, is that, you know, people like, you know, they're kind of loose in the locker room, but – there was always policing in that locker room. At a certain point, when they needed to tighten it up, the locker room tightened it up. And I think part of Ben playing this, um, I don't know if I'm going to be here or not, 
whatever lost him a little bump in the locker room. I know they said recently he just let people know he's going to be here for three more years, which I think is really important for that locker room because Ben can really start to put his foot down there. But they need some more guys on defense. And some of the guys who could probably do that are still kind of young. They they haven't quite got their voice. But I think by next season, because of this loss, they're going to get there. You're going to see a guy like T.J. Watt grow into that locker room and and bring more of his voice into that locker room. So I think they're missing that kind of stuff where they can have people check folks at the door. Got a little loose with it. And I don't think he's got that. Other thing is they're not aggressive on defense, meaning – at a certain point, when you when you were driving on the Steelers, that box is about to get loaded. <laughs> we're about to put a stop to this. That's what they'll call Blitzburg. We come in after you. <laughs> we're blowing this up. And it seems like they sit back and catch a lot lately. They play a lot of zone. They play more zone against Blake Borders than they need to play. Make him throw. Make him play. They didn't come after him enough. You know, there were times when – you know, under Dick LeBeau, you know, if, if four didn't get there, then five didn't get there. If five didn't get there, six is coming. But at some point, we're getting to you, right? And it seems like they're playing, they playing catch. They're catching rather than going after and being aggressive. And when you have that great of an offense, you can be aggressive. Go get them. And I just don't see that kind of attacking style on defense. The other thing, I think, and this is where um, – Tomlin coming on as a coach at a very young age and, and really managing veteran coaches and leaders. You, if you think about when he first came on, you know, he had people like Dick LeBron. I mean, he had some Hall of Fame people, and, and he managed that whole relationship very good. But I don't think he quite ever put his stamp on it. You know, he's a 4-3 guy, but he adapted to play the 3-4. One of the things I think Tomlin's got to trust, and this is where he can move more to the Belichick side of his mindset, you know, people talk about XL. You know, Tomlin went to William and Mary. Tomlin's a smart guy. He he gets scholarship guy. I mean, he's you know he's intelligent. Don't get it twisted. But I think I think what made him really effective was he knew he was coming into some established culture stuff, and he figured out how to wrap that culture into his coaching style, and he didn't blow everything up too quickly. I think he's at a point right now where he needs to use some of that hybrid. He needs to bring in some of his four three knowledge with that 3-4 and mix some stuff up the way Belichick does. Well, Belichick is not necessarily a 3-4 or 4-3 guy. He's a situational guy. And you might see right. four linemen at some point. And I, and I think I think that Tomlin's got to bring in his piece a little bit more, put his handprint on it. Like you said, the offense is going. He almost might have to be like, you know, I got to take this defense over a little bit more. So I got a good offense. My offense is going. I got a veteran quarterback. I got a veteran guy over there. Maybe I'll spend more time and put my hand on the defense and let me bring my coordinator pieces into this a little bit more. And I think and maybe bring in mixing some four three hybrid stuff in where he can get more of his input on the defense. I think he's been really good at delegating and not necessarily always being in those spaces. And he might find now with this situation where he's got to have his hand a little bit more in that defensive space, even more so than he has in the past. But it's obvious that this is a team that was 13-3 and three or whatever it is, should not be sitting home. Was it a team that could beat New England? Wasn't quite sure. Like, they could, they could battle against them. But until they fix that defense in that front seven, I meaning they got the pieces there, you've got to have trust and responsibility. You've got to, for that 3-4 to work the right way, you've got to know that anybody in there can make a play. 
you've got to have a safety who's going to come down the box and give you some help. You know, they've never really replaced Palomaro. And so, you know, I think I think they improved on the corners on the outside, but they got to get that leadership on that side. they got to get some guys stepping up and demanding and demanding the kind of stuff the Jaguars are doing. They they said, we're the new dogs on the block. No, not the Seahawks. We're the new cats. <laughs> we we taking this thing over. Like, they didn't ask for permission. And I think the Steelers, what I don't see is that swag. You let somebody come in and bully you in Pittsburgh, that's got to make Pittsburgh fans' stomachs hurt. Mm-hmm. They stomach hurt because there's one to get teams are always you know when they lose to New England it's like finesse it's like a power puncher fighting against uh, uh, a boxer that's always moving and you frustrated because it's like when it's like when Hagler lost to uh, to uh, 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 Sugar Ray right. Right. it wasn't like Sugar Ray beat Hagler he just outsmarted him outpunched him and that's how it always been with New England and Pittsburgh it ain't like they over physical they just they just started to get on. They got on their bike and did it that way. These cats came in and 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 just bullied them and got to a no moss. That makes Pittsburgh fans sick. They can handle that other that, stuff. They, they can't handle in, that. They came you, in, can't come in and fight. Yeah, they came in throwing punches, D, but they played no defense, so they got hit back. Yeah, and that's what pisses them off because yeah. they got hit back. And then before they realized that they was on the they was on the canvas in the second round. <laughs> on the canvas in the second round. And everybody was like, Get up and they wouldn't get, get up. Get up. They so, got up like, Where did that come from? Yep, and it just it and and Fournette just running like like I'm bullying. I'm bu- I play a bully ball as a rookie. People talked all that junk right. when he talked all that junk and talked about the NFL wasn't that this and that. People talked all that junk and he's proved his point. <laughs> Ain't nobody saying yeah. nothing about all that stuff you talk about. Everybody, he got all the respect in the world right now. Uh, I, I respect. I respect they do it out in Jacksonville. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Yeah, down right. the team. Down the team. And then we move on to the miracle, the the the, the Minneapolis, the Minnesota miracle. So this is it. I'm gonna say this to you. I'm gonna say this to you, man. So. I'm sitting at my spot down there in Rockford, Illinois. Shout out to RBI, my guys down there. You know, I had to go back to my old neighborhood bar. We kind of hanging out. I was on my way back to Chicago, connected with one of my guys, uh, uh, XL Lewis, um, you know, CEO of Mind Match, and he's doing my thing. I'm, I'm dropping names over here. We killed out, and um, you know, uh, had a chance to to to, to kind of hang out, and watch the game, and, and you know, in the state line area, there's a lot of Bears fans. A state line of like Illinois and Wisconsin, right here. There's a lot of there's a lot of Bears fans. There's a lot of Green Bay fans, but there's a lot of Minnesota fans too. And folks showed up, and that was a great game. Minnesota came out punching, um, and everything, hanging out. Uh, One well, shout out to my guy uh, 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 Mike Lamarca. He's an oil surgeon up there in Madison. He's watching the game with us down there. Shout out. Even listening to the podcast is. I, I told him about it, so shout out to you out there. We gotta have a good time. And Drew Brees did his thing. I'm like, oh. yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like Cinderella slipper don't came off. Chase Keenum slipper don't came off. The the pumpkin is the pumpkin. You know, it, it, it's all it. It's over. 
And when he tipped, and, and, and this is, and, and I'm saying this, and so the guy, I'm, I'm talking to guys, I'm saying, what they're playing, they're playing in shell, they're basically on the sidelines, they're not letting anything in the sidelines. You watch the way New Orleans played it, they had all their uh, defensive backs basically playing from the sideline in on the outside shoulder leverage of the receivers. I'm like, ain't no way in the world they're going to get, they're going to complete a pass. They're going to throw something in the middle field, hope they get down there and kick it. That ball went up in the air, I'm like, oh, they're going to knock that down. And when Diggs stayed up, I'm like, did he step out of bounds? He kept going in the end zone? Man, the place erupted. The place erupted, man. The place erupted. And it was just the most amazing moment. And this one guy who had really been a Minnesota fan, he, he kind of had this, like, oh, they're going to lose. So he went to the restroom. He said all he heard the restroom was this roar. <laughs> He's like, what's going on out there? He came out, his jaw just dropped. It was the most incredible moment ever, man. I could not believe how that game ended. And I just felt so bad for Drew Brees. I was like, because he's not going to have too many more moments like this with the team he had. Uh, but it was an incredible moment. I got to get text messages uh, from uh, Dr. Richard McGregory, who's been on here. He's up there in Minneapolis. He was saying they're going crazy up here in Minnesota. They're going crazy, man. What did you think about it when you saw that moment, man? I thought that the safety looked like he had fallen over a dog in his living room when he went to go make that play and knocked the cushions off of his couch and then looked up and and, 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 and realized that he had just fallen off the couch. I don't understand what he was doing. You know, that's got to be the – I thought the play that the safety made in the national championship game was bad. But to watch what that, that corner did in that professional football game, I don't know what he was doing. He was barrel-rolling air, okay? I mean, you, he, you, let me – you know what he looked like? You, you, ever, you, ever, you ever coach like, 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 like little league kids in football? And you tell him, okay, I want you to go in there and take his legs out, okay? Go take his legs out. And the kid is bigger than the kid that, that you're asking to tackle. So he goes in there and he just throws himself at the big kid and prays to God that he hits him somewhere and knocks him down. That's what I saw from that safety from New Orleans. There was no excuse for what he did. There was no excuse for how he went after that ball. Taking nothing away from Case Keenum, they take nothing away from Diggs on the catch, you know. But that play was made by one of the worst plays you'll ever see on defense. I know the defensive coaches, everybody who watched that play is going to watch that safety. Watch how he went after that rock. And they're going to say, what the hell was he doing? What was he thinking? What was he thinking? The, The game is over if you let him catch it. And tackle him in bounds. There was ten seconds left in the game. If you tackle him in bounds, they cannot get up to the line of scrimmage in time to to uh, to, to to you know kick a field goal to set up the field goal, even to spike it. I don't know what he was doing, but it cost him a chance. And you're right, it cost Drew Brees probably his last chance to get to the Super Bowl. This was an uphill climb for New Orleans. They did well to get by Carolina. In Atlanta, in Atlanta, I think beat them in the last game, um, but they did well to get the division. 
They did well to to get to this point. Um, and they would have stood with, with uh, Drew Brees a very good chance of upsetting uh, Philadelphia up there. But you got to play defense. And the fact, again, it comes down to one play. And, I don't, again, I, 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 well, it, the play's erupted. It wasn't supposed to happen. It shouldn't have happened, okay? And the fact that he was able to pull that ball in and that safety and that defensive man was in such bad position that he couldn't even grab a leg or something for somebody to come over to help him, that to me was deplorable. That was ugly. Oh, my God. You know, but congratulations to Minnesota. But, uh, again, that was ugly. <laughs> and, and I think part of the problem was as soon as it happened, and I said, I said, that is the new rule around protecting receivers coming into play. He was trying to avoid a penalty. He said, I'm going to go low. And where he was a backdrop of problems, I remember, and uh, uh, Herm Lewis talked like this. He was talking about this also for college players. He said part of the problem with these backs right now is they're not playing the ball. If you play the ball, you will avoid getting those kind of penalties because it will be obvious that you're playing the ball. And in the right. previous, when he got the interception, he went to play the ball. And if you don't, if you, and I think he was thinking too much. If he had just gone and played the ball, he would have played through the man to the ball and he wouldn't have been penalized, and he would have made sure he made contact. And I think when he was just thinking about not wanting to get some type of penalty or whatever, he goes low, and you miss. And he thinks the backs have got to learn to play the ball. you got to play right. the ball whatever. If you play the ball, you're always going to be in good position. And I think that's one of the things that folks are going to have to coach to much more on this, and it will allow these youth backs to be in more of the right position. They'll be in the right position – uh, to make plays and to do other things, so it was it was unfortunate. Um, now we set up for championship uh, weekend coming up here to see who goes to the Super Bowl. And uh, when the dust settles, man, what do you think we're gonna see? We got Philadelphia, Minnesota. We got the Jags, and we got the Patriots. What are we gonna see? Okay, now remember during the national championship game, I told you that Georgia. And Alabama was going to look like the old ten yards in a cloud of dust. You're going to see that in Philly, okay? You're going to see Minnesota try to flex offensively, okay? But they are not going to. They did. This is not New Orleans defense, okay? This is Philly's defense, um, and Philly is going to bloody some noses, and they're going to get to Case Keenum a couple of times. This is going to be an ugly yeah, game. Yep. Yep. It's, you know, this is going to be one ugly football game, but I'm taking Philadelphia at home by a field goal with about four seconds left in the game. Uh, because here's the thing about Minnesota, okay? Even though they play in a cold weather city, they're a dome team and they got to go outside to win this one. Philly is already out there and they're waiting for them. I think Philly takes this one. In the AFC, listen. Um, I'm having a hard time, as, as much as I know Tom Coughlin knows New England, until you're able to give up less than 42 points in a playoff game, I'm going to have a hard time believing you're going to be able to hang 45 on the Patriots and then hold Tom Brady to under that. 
So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a physical game, but I'm taking the GOAT to get to his eighth Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I believe you're going to see, you know, it's crazy because you're going to see the old old, the old Steelers-type stuff set out by New England. You're going to see a corner blitz produce a fumble from New England. They're going to bring, they're going to bring five, but they're going to bring it from different angles. Uh, uh, again, they're going to put him in third and long. He, they're going to load the box, and they're going to not let them get yardage on first down and then put them in. When they come in at jumble, don't be surprised if, if, if uh, he doesn't have an extra lineman in or something like that or whatever. I mean, he's going to be matching that jumble up and then putting them in second and long and third and long and then bringing pressure. I mean, that's what's going to happen. You're right. I mean, I think, I think, it's, I think New England wins by at least 14. Uh, at home, yeah. because they're just not going to let them get comfortable, um, and they're going to put pressure. And I think the other thing is where the Steelers got hurt, and I think one of the things they will correct. Uh, don't think if you don't see uh, Fumagalli from Wisconsin in a, in a Pittsburgh uniform next year, it's going to be something right. else. I, I know T.J. Watt probably had locker room. Um, and the reason why is what you're going to see is Gronk uh, uh, down the middle. Gronk down the middle is going that scene. It's going to be creating problems. I, mean, I know he might end up trying to put Jalen Ramsey on it when he goes wide or whatever, but Glock is going to cause a lot of problems and open up a lot of stuff for them. So I think you're, you're right on board with that. Um, and and I'm, I'm with you on the The feeling one I think is clear, I, I, I got a feeling Zimmer might, I mean, the one thing about when you win a game like that, it's hard to get over emotionally and you got to come back and start and go back in. So I, I would say that um, – uh, I think Philly might be good to go, and then they might they'll be traveling back to Minnesota uh, with the Vikings to play Super Bowl. Um, all right, to wrap it up, we just want to quickly uh, uh, have you give us a, just a shot in on some baseball, man. I know it's hot stove; it's in here. I know you're gonna come on inside the park, but I want to get, have you give us a little bit of baseball here quickly. Yeah, real quick. There's been some movement. There's some players with some names uh, just earlier today. Uh, uh, McCutcheon, uh, for Lawrence McCutcheon for the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates was just uh, dealt to the Giants. The Giants have now picked up uh, a couple uh, a couple of big name ball players, McCutcheon and Longoria. Look like they're trying to get their offense together um, and, and make a move. We know about John Carlos standing to the Yankees, and it's just getting started, folks. So that's a little bit of the baseball circuit. We're going; these teams are going to look different going forward. Look for uh, Hank on uh, Inside the Park uh, podcast. will be coming up here soon, so check it out. Um, again, uh, as I dropped the mic, it's MLK Day. You know, one of the things I think is really important is that we have to remember to love thy neighbor. Uh, we have to think about what's best for our community. Uh, and this is the place of opportunity. This is the place where uh, uh, folks have come to turn their lives around. And we have to remember that that talent comes from all over the world. And when we start to discriminate against anybody, anywhere, that becomes that kind of seed of injustice. And uh, in that way, we all have to push back on that. And uh, we'll do that definitely here on RSG. Love thy neighbor. And one of the things that we learn in sports is that we learn to put our arms around each other and hug in victory or defeat. At the end of the day, we all get up and hope that everybody gets home safe. Again, you have to think about the health and wellness of that other person. 
Till next time, this is RG1 Mike, D. Wilson Hank. Check us out on all the platforms, Real Sports Guys. Check us out on iTunes. Give us a review. Let us know. Holla at us. Till next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.